Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. I hope everyone's doing well. It's good to be back on the air with you guys. It's great to be back on the air, man. I almost uh, lost my rhythm for being on the air. <laughs> right. Almost. Not quite, though. I feel like it's been months since we've been on, you know? It feels like it's been months. Uh, it really hasn't, but it does feel that way. Uh, you know, as you guys probably have, have picked up, Sean and I have been uh, kind of spacing our shows out a little bit. You know, the both of us are kind of doing some uh you know, some things outside of the show that have us a little more busy. Uh, we're also kind of in like this flow between sports, but don't sweat it. We're going to be uh, with you guys as much as we can. And we're also going to make sure that uh, as the sports pick up that we you know pick up our broadcast as well. So that's just the way it's working out for us for right now. How you been, Sean? I'm that doing okay, man. Like I said, you got a lot going on, going through, you know, kind of a transition. You know, so a little bit tired, more mentally fatigued than anything, you know, and just kind of just fighting through that and trying to get back into a, a routine and a rhythm. But what about yourself? Same, man. I'm I'm a little bit fatigued. Uh, I'm a little bit, you know, I've been doing uh, my little thing on the, on the side as well. And I'm, and I'm just a little bit mentally fatigued. I'm physically fatigued a little bit, too, because I'm, I'm right. a little more busy. But the physical part, I mean, excuse me, the mental part of it is always, you know, more the issue. I got to do some things. You know, when you get back to work, work, you got to do things you don't really want to (laughs) do. You you got to make phone calls you don't really want to make. You got to talk to people you don't really want to talk to. So, you know, just getting back in the swing of that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, been a little bit of of a challenge. But you know us, man. We up for the challenge. We'll 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 figure it out. We'll make it all happen. Um, exactly. So, you know, it's been. I think it's been what two weeks. I think or a week and a half or so since we were something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, last week. You guys, I think one of the last topics we were we were talking on. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of been resolved. So uh, that was the JJ Watt quote unquote uh, saga. I don't know that it was a saga myself. Uh, I, I really wasn't that, you know, into it. But being a Browns fan and the Browns, uh, you know, being pretty good uh, this last season and we expect for them to be good going forward, it's a bunch of people buzzing and a bunch of people uh, trying to make trades for this dude. Sean offered up uh, a bag of Doritos that he had in his house uh, right. that he would not give up. He wouldn't even give up the, the old bag of Doritos for this dude. Um, and since that time uh, that we had that discussion, J.J. Watt signed for a bunch of bags of Doritos. Um, I think they, I think that the Arizona Cardinals, who signed J.J., uh, totally overpaid. What do you think about that, Sean? I think so, too. But I think they did us a favor. Um, I don't know how much the Browns offered. You know, that 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 news really won't come out 
but there was a rumor at first that the Browns had offered more and JJ spurned us or whatnot. But I was like, well, that don't really make sense. And then it came out later on that the Browns didn't offer more than Arizona. So he got a two-year, um, $28 million deal. I believe $23 million is guaranteed. And that's fine. Like, if he, you know, if, if, if he wants to go and take that and go to Arizona, I'm not mad. You know, a lot of people were upset thinking that he, you know, should have came here and he didn't want to win. He went for the money. Of course he went for the money. I mean, he's an agent veteran. He's trying to cash out, especially with his injury history. Yeah. You know, I'm just glad that that we didn't sign him for, you know, that type of money. Though it's not my money, you know, but I just thought the Browns had other options and better ways to go than uh, spend that type of dough on him. Now, he would have came here at a discounted deal. Like we said before, you know, that's all well and good. But to take up that much cap space right now at uh, – at his age, I was, you know, that's something that I didn't want the Browns to do. So, thank no, you I, I, for signing him before we had a chance to. I thoroughly, uh, wholeheartedly agree uh, with that take. And and actually, you kind of uh, had some level of uh, premonition that, that that was going to be my next question. Like, what was your opinion or what was your feeling initially when you heard that he signed with uh, with Arizona? And I. I'll answer my own question since you already uh, did your end of that. I I was already like, mm, yeah. I, I just, I don't, again, at this point in his career, I don't know why we're chasing this guy. Now, I, yeah, exactly. don't, I don't see a purpose in chasing this dude. I'm not saying he doesn't have value. I'm not saying he doesn't have another good year or so in him. I'm not saying anything about his past. We all know who he was and who he's been. I'm saying going forward with what the Browns have, you you put a significant uh, a significant dent in your cap space, even though they're right. going to increase it this year and next year. Man, you that's a lot of dead damn money, bro, for a guy. Right. That, and he's he's there holding court like he's Reggie White. Yeah, back in the day, I remember when Reggie White went on his free agency tour. You know, he went to like eight or nine cities or something. I like was that. just getting ready to say, yeah, when he left, when he left Philly, he went about 16, <laughs> 16 places. Right, but he was still highly effective at that time in his prime. So I get it, and everybody's like fawning and like, oh, you know, JJ Watt, like he's, I'm like, he's not that guy anymore. Now, if, yeah. if he goes out there this year and, and has. You know what? If he even goes out there and gets nine sacks, nine or ten sacks, it's I think problem. that's that that's a, if he does that, yeah. I'll more than I'll be more than willing to to eat my words. Well, listen, him, but I, I here and here's where I might deviate from where you are right now. If that guy goes out there and gets eight or nine sacks at uh, at uh, fifteen million dollars a year with 23 million of that being guaranteed a uh, guaranteed money. So I'm just gonna say for 23 million dollars, I'm gonna need more than that, homie. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I, I just I just need I just need more than that. I don't I, right. I can't see where at 23 million guaranteed dollars, nine sacks ain't enough. Like Olivier Vernon had nine sacks last year, he made 11 million. So if this guy was about and, and 
And that that's my other thing. One of the things I kept hearing is that he was about winning. I'm not saying that he he's he's not gonna win or can't potentially win. I just think he had a better shot in terms of how he plays. I think it made more sense to be here because he didn't have to play that much. Down there, I think he's gonna have to play all the time. And maybe he still feels like he can. I don't really think it's necessary though for him to play all the time. To like to play you know, 65 or 75 plays uh, per game. I don't think that's where he's most effective anymore. At 32, right. by the time the season starts, he'll be 32 and a half because I and believe his birthday is like at the end of the month. And they're probably, before it's all said and done, there'll probably be an extra game <clears throat> this year too, probably 17 games. But My if you go back and look at his his history here, like starting in 2016, I think when the injuries really start setting in, he had one and a half sacks. The next year, I don't think he didn't play that much at all. 2017, he didn't have any sacks at all. 2018, he, re- he rebounded, had a great year, had 16 sacks. 2019, he got hurt again, only had four. And then last year, he played a full season, but he only had, you know, five sacks. And that team um, kind of stunk too. So yeah, I, even like his tackle numbers and stuff went, went down so i mean to me it is just like he's the guy on the on the downside of his career and like i said before i'm glad that you know the browns didn't um sign him because you, you can either draft a guy that's younger get the same but you can draft a college guy and get five sacks yeah six yeah. sacks without paying you know without paying that type of money so yeah i mean think about this too uh bro we had guys that weren't named miles garrett that weren't named Olivier Vernon that played on the edge that got sacked and got fumble, forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go out and get this guy to affect your, your defense that same way. Now, here's a, let's switch this up. Let's flip the coin over a little bit. Let's not consider JJ Watt's end of this. And let's think about the Cardinals. Do you think that now with this addition to their defense, they had a pretty solid defense last year, uh, numbers-wise. I think they were like 10th in the league or uh, total defense. Do you think this now makes them uh, the team to beat in the NFC? Do you think that this now makes them the team to beat in their division? Are they now like the Super Bowl contenders or no? No, not at all. Now, they do have a very good defense anyway. Well, at least they not won't say a very good defense. I would say an emerging defense. Um, Buda Baker seems like he's going to be a great player. Um, I love watching that kid play. Um, he's still got Chandler Jones. You know, he's he's up there too. Yeah. You know, so so they I think they're going to end up cutting Patrick Peterson because um, he's getting up there. So I mean, they have some pieces, parts, and stuff there. Um, what's the kid Isaiah Washington from Clemson? Yeah. Um, Hassan Reddick, who may be a casualty of them signing J.J. Watson. He may get released. Um, so they're, like, okay, but I don't see him, like, like putting them over the, the top. Um, for one thing, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be Arizona's demise anyway. I don't care who they got. I mean, he'll figure out a way to mess it up. You think? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan at all. I, I was always wondering how that dude got – I mean, and I think we know how he got, but in my mind, I'm like, man, how did this dude get 
uh, you know, elevated over some other some other people uh, out of nowhere, basically. Well, I mean, it's this whole. Do you remember you went through this whole phase of people trying to find the next McVeigh? Remember, mm-hmm. you want the young, hot shot, offensive minded guru. So he ran that air raid system, you know, down in uh, at Texas Tech and all of that. Never won a thing when he was down there at all. Any level, even when, even when he played quarterback, he didn't win nothing when he was down there, and you know. You know, he, I think they do okay because they have talent. You know, Kyler Murray, I really, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan either, but the kid is talented. He can play. Um, I don't know how long he'll be able to play because being that size and they run him like they do Lamar Jackson, like call plays for him. He's not, he can't take that type of punishment. Um, right. And it's better to survive. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is Fitzgerald. And, of course, you have the great DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Kenyon Drake had a pretty decent year. So they have some some guys. They can be competitive. You know, they can even win that division. because That division is weird and going through a transition. So they can – they have enough talent where they can do a little bit of damage. But I don't see them, um, you know, being a championship contender. And I don't think J.J. Watt – Either way, doesn't make them better, doesn't make them worse. Now he's a good locker room guy. You know what I'm saying? He's going to bring some leadership. That that's going to help. Um, I won't just totally dismiss that factor of it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I I didn't see where that made them like any more of a Super Bowl contender than what they might have already been. Uh, again, his one of the initial things that I kept hearing about him was that he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to win. Uh, and, and honestly, nobody brought up Arizona. Not that he couldn't go to Arizona and win. You know what I mean? We all know that he could possibly go to Arizona and win. But nobody was like, oh, here are the teams that he could go to and possibly win. Arizona was not in that group of people that people were, right. uh, were mentioning. It was always us uh, being the Cleveland Browns. It was Minute, I mean, excuse me, uh, Green Bay, and then it was Pittsburgh. Yeah, like the teams that made the most sense for whatever he was going to do. He's Hell, probably looking at weather. Weather is a factor too. You know, they got but a similar stadium. That's what I thought. To be honest with you, when I heard where he ended up, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, listen, this dude has played his whole life in cold weather. Um, you know, growing up in Wisconsin, and then going to school in Wisconsin. He's been in Houston his whole uh, pro career. Man, he like the hell with that. I ain't going to damn Green Bay or Cleveland or, or <laughs> you know how Cleveland weather is, man. You got like maybe the first two or three games and everything after that is a crapshoot. Right. Is he married? You know? I mean, he's, yeah, married. he's married. Yeah, he's yeah, married. I'm sure yeah, his spouse probably had to say something on that too. So, and, and, you know, and that proximity wise, think about this, when, when Emma Smith, uh, left the Cowboys. Where did he go? Yeah, Arizona. So it's a proximity. I think it's a proximity thing. He can still s- stay climate wise if his if his wife decides, hey man, listen, you go play ball, and I'm just gonna be here with the kids or whatever. Right. And they're still proximity wise close. It's not like, uh, you know, going say from say you go to the Raiders, but you used to play for the Giants. 
It's not. Yeah, like and people and like the media never takes that into account. They always look at straight either the money aspect or the the chance to win. And people forget yeah. these guys got families and family yeah. decisions too. It's Especially like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you can go ahead and 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 sign and go play in New England if you want to. But if your wife not cool with that, especially if y'all been in a warm climate all the time, yeah. you know, if she yeah. don't sign off on it, you know. Yeah, and we don't know where she's from. Like, we don't know if she was uh, from Wisconsin. I don't know that right off top. Not, not off the top of my head, I don't. But let's say he got to Houston and met her. You know what I mean? So maybe her whole family is from here. So maybe in her mind, she's like, hell no, I ain't going to no damn Cleveland. I ain't going to no right. damn, you know, Green Bay. I like visiting your family, but that's why we visit in the offseason. We're not going, you know, we ain't trying to shovel uh, 15 feet of snow every year. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And and that's, there is something, uh, there is something to be said about the family, uh, the family dynamic that is uh, some of these guys. A guy like TJ. Uh, he's 32. He's got a whole a whole last family at this point. He's not 22, who might have a girlfriend. He's right wife, kid, or kids, plural, with a house, properties, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what I mean? Like it's right. a lot. It's a lot more going on uh, in his situation, and that's what you're going to end up with. And some of these guys that are 25 plus in age you're and, and it's easier to i think it's easier to kind of uproot guys that are and then when i say uproot we can we can switch teams when you're single or you might have a, a you know like a little kid like a toddler but when you get school age kids man it's tough it's it's tough and i'm a guy that traveled a lot when you got school age kids people are like why don't you just move to vegas because you travel out there so much Man, that's a lot. It's a lot because the kids understand their surroundings now. You know what I mean? They know, they're like, damn, we ain't gonna never find no friends. And I moved a lot as a kid. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get settled until I got to Warrensville, really. We moved a lot, you know, for a period of time in my life anyway. So people do underestimate the importance of yeah, and especially if you have a choice of where you want to go. Now, if you're a free agent coming at, let's say, let's say you're JJ Watt, you're a free agent, but you're not having that many offers. Now, you kind of guess got to go where the money is. And that's maybe a little bit different scenario there. Yeah. That's like, well, I really don't have a choice. I need to go yeah. make this money. It is what it is. Y'all got to deal with it, you know. But in this case, when you actually have a choice, you can choose where you want to go. That uh, that makes and it ain't many people. The there's not many people that have that uh, situation where they do have a full fledged choice. Like any team that they pick, the team will do whatever to make sure that he's accommodated. Uh, it's not many people like that. So yeah, JJ Watts in a different kind of uh, a zone. Uh, unlike probably if they end up cutting, let's say they end up cutting Hassan Riddick. Uh. There, there won't be a lot of people. I won't say all thirty-two teams are going to make room for this guy. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? You, guys like JJ Watt, people they'll they'll start jettisoning, jettisoning folks off the squad, even valuable people. Because I think if they don't 
re-sign or, or pick up Rasan, uh, Hassan Reddick, it's going to be a problem because they don't have an outside linebacker that's better than him on that team. So, you know what I mean? Like, it causes yeah. other issues. But in their mind, they're like, I don't give a damn. We got J.J. Watt. So, the smoke and mirrors that fans won't pay attention to is you actually got worse potentially defensively because, again, J.J. Watt is 32. He's not 22. He's not 27. He's not 28 or 29 even. Dude is 32. And as with with injury, injury history. So and all of those, he's 32 with potentially, uh, I would say, a 37, 38-year-old. Maybe depending on, I don't, you know, I don't know the extent of all of his injuries, but I say he's at least uh, five years older because of those injuries. Right. So that's, I used to say the same thing about Kobe. When Kobe was 33, I'm like, shit, he's 33. He really like 43 <laughs> with the broke fingers and the hurt shoulders and the ankles and all that stuff. And then he messed around and, and tore his Achilles that year. Right. So, that's the accumulation of just years and years and years and years of where it's one of the great things about LeBron is a guy who could just figure a way to stay healthier and uh, work your body to a certain point to where you don't have the serious injuries. Like that's, right. that's an incredible Testament, but going back to where, where this all started, JJ Watt comes from the ilk of the Kobe Bryant type athlete where not that you don't prepare yourself, but I don't think you they do the preventative stuff that's available for guys like LeBron or that LeBron did, investing millions of dollars into his body, eating properly, uh, Tom Brady's eating properly, um, making sure everything is lined up a certain kind of way, being super disciplined. I don't know that J.J. Watt has done that, so I think the, the, the age is on his body. And I think mm-hmm. it'll show at some point. At some point in the season, it's, it's going to show. We saw it a little bit this year. He wasn't that effective this year. And I know that that defense was awful. And I know that mentally they probably were all checked out because they didn't like anything that was going on with right. that organization. But, I, I mean, well, who knows, man? A little bit of motivation might change how he plays. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'll be more than happy to eat my words if he goes out and has a great season. So. We will see how that plays out. I want to bring up something real quick before we switch gears out of football. Um, I saw my man uh, Hollywood Higgins came out the other day and made a almost a plea to the uh, to the Browns front office, saying basically, "Hey man, I got I got my own pen. I I do." I saw it. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> My man say, hey, y'all, don't forget about me over here. I'm still sitting over here with no offer. I don't even well, want to know. Because they can't make a, like, when, when can they start signing people? Uh, Where are we? Because uh, they can only, because here's the thing, um, I, and I didn't know this. The reason why Arizona could sign J.J. Watt, because he technically got cut. Yeah, that's what. So that's that's what you get cut. You can yeah, sign. It's not free agent. It's not the free agent period. Yeah, it's not the free agent period. Let me see when free agency starts. Uh, officially, I know it's usually sometime in March. Like, but I thought with yeah, COVID I, I, and the way stuff went, I thought they were pushing everything up. 
moving it, you know, making it a little bit sooner, but I guess not. The COVID has kind of screwed up how I view everything because I always assume uh, there's a reason why this ain't doing this. It's because of COVID. Like COVID is like the built-in excuse for everything. Right. Like, damn, why my oil low? Why my oil low? Oh, COVID. COVID. That's right. why. And it is, that's the only reason. Uh, free agency. Oh, March 17th. I was, yep. So that means that we'll start hearing rumblings like around the 14th, 15th. Probably in, a, in about a week and a half, week, week and a half. Yeah. We'll start to hear a few more things that have you, you know, wondering. But that's, I like the fact that uh, he feels like reaching out, you know, uh, on his own because he really didn't have to. I think I think Higgins is a good receiver. It's something that that dude ain't doing in practice, though. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, something that's yeah. a little yeah. somewhere with that. I think there's some bit of a disconnect. It ain't with the it ain't with the fellas. It ain't with the players. It's some level of disconnect between the team itself, the front office, and some of the uh, some of the, uh, the the coaching and the coaching staff. Uh, but I, I do still hope. I hold our hope because I think that there's a connection between uh, Bake and between uh, Higgins. I ain't calling him Hollywood, though. Uh, he did have some really good catches this year, but he got to do a little bit more before I call him uh, Hollywood. But I think you and me and the whole city of Cleveland feels the same way. All Browns fans want to bring Higgins back because he just fits in well. And I think, honestly, I think if you bring him back next year, now that this coaching staff knows what he can do and everybody gets a fresh start from the, from the, from the beginning with this offense, mm-hmm. I think Higgins would be, you know, um, set to have a big year in terms of a third receiver. I think so. You know what I'm I saying? So. I think he'll be very, very productive. Now, here's one question we can talk about. Uh, what do you do with Njoku? Now, I'll say this. We, we were kind of down on Joku going into the season, even early in the season. He didn't have a lot of catches this year at all. Um, the thing that I was impressed with is that he got to a point where he just played his role. You know, he kind of stopped, you know, complaining, stopped asking to be traded, and actually became a pretty good blocking tight end, which is something that he wasn't known for. Um, you know, he totally bought in, and I like that. And I think he can be actually a very valuable asset to this team, but now – that the season's over, you're hearing the rumblings again, like, okay, I want it, I want out. And I don't think he wants out because he doesn't like it here. I just think he wants to go somewhere where he can be more featured. And I understand, okay, that's fine. Like that shows you want to play or you believe in yourself that you have that talent to be that guy. Um, so what would you do? Would you would you trade him or would you just say, hey man, you want a contract and suck it up? Uh, me personally, I'm I'm kind of in between the suck it up part and potentially looking at trading him. Now, let me let me be all the way clear when I say that. Am I saying I want to get rid of Njoku? I think that there was a period of time where I did want to get rid of him, where I thought it just behooved us to get rid of him. Uh, especially when he came out like, yo, I just want to be traded. All right, because he hadn't done much 
to even separate himself from, you know, those other guys, which is why we had to go out or the Browns felt like they had to go out and get a hooper. Um, but I, I feel a hundred percent like you feel. I saw a lot of improvement in him, say from, let's say he almost was non-existent from say game uh, one to five. Right. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you started seeing him get a couple catches here, a couple catches there. He had a touchdown or so. But as the season got more important, games got more important, I started seeing this guy making more important plays. I started seeing this guy be the guy because what I saw in uh, our other two guys that were that were starting, uh, uh, Harrison, Ryan and uh, and Hooper, those guys start falling off towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing the same stuff that they were doing in the beginning of the season. And the one guy that was making plays, because look at that Chiefs game. What tight end played the best in that Chiefs game? And Njoku. It was Njoku. So right. me saying that I, I would – be between those two positions is me saying, listen, he played well enough that if guys are going to inquire about him, let's see what we can get. But yeah, because he does have probably a little bit more value now than he did last yeah. year. Yeah, but so. at the same time, guess what? I also saw that as the front office guy. I saw what you're capable of. I saw how you grown. They say they want to make the whole uh, offense uh Kevin Stefanski, uh, what was this? What's today? Today's Thursday. So this was like Tuesday. Stefanski said he want to make the offense more explosive. Um, you telling me the offense is somehow going to be more explosive without vertical tight ends? I think not. Yeah. I think yeah, like if, if he's really, if he and his agents really insisting on getting out of here and you can get fourth round pick, or at the most of third round, I'll do it. I'll let him go. And then you can go sign, uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph is aging, but, you know, he's a veteran tight end, has experience with. Uh, Jared Cook is out there, and Jared Cook is a good blocker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, He got released, so. No, he's with uh, uh, New Orleans, rather. He got released. Okay. They released him. So I'm saying you have those other. There's other guys, other veterans, if you just want to have. And he's a great locker room guy, by the way. Right. You know, so. And they might pick him back up, you know, just because they cut him. You know how that works. Just because you got cut. If somebody doesn't pick him up, he can get re-signed with the same squad. They could have just cut him because of the numbers on his on his contract. Because uh, if Drew Brees, now the question is, does Drew Brees come back for it? I saw that, that he was working out trying to, like, look, Drew. You've had a great career. You have pad. We have enough passing yards to throw around the earth like fifteen times. <laughs> yeah, like almost literally. Just, just go ahead and buy. I know you don't want to go out that way, but you None can you tell that you were losing, man. man. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see you out there stumbling around the way that 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 Joe Namath was stumbling around and 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 what was it at San Diego? What, what did Joe Namath end up at? Uh, Frisco. I think he ended up in Frisco. Or the Rams. No, he was the Rams. What was it? Stumbling the Rams. Around. 
Oh, I'm yeah. thinking about uh, I'm thinking about OJ. OJ went to Frisco, right? Uh, and it was all bad. See you out there stump hobbling around. As a matter of fact, if you do decide to come back, you probably gonna get cut because I don't think Sean Payton is like nah. Like he, cause he know that window was closing. He was like nah. You know we got to go in a different direction. Younger, you don't want to you know have that embarrassment and try to go find another team. Just I mean, go ahead and hang it up, Drew. No, don't don't do it. At this point, every team with a veteran quarterback up that's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <clears throat> are like really like, well, that's not Tampa Bay and not Green Bay quite yet. They're all like looking at their quarterback like, don't you want to get the hell out of here? Right. Pretty you much. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, cra- it's crazy that that's, uh, you know, what it becomes at a certain point. Uh, because it is a business. So these teams are like, yo, bro. Especially in the NFL. The NFL, unlike any other major sport, um, people always was like, well, no, New England can't cut Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. Or San Francisco can't cut Joe Montana because it's Joe Montana. And it happens all the time. Um, Happened damn near every year. Alex Smith. Big uh, Ben almost got, because I somehow, and thank you, Pittsburgh, thank you, Ronies, for uh, restructuring Big Ben's deal and bringing him back for another year so we can beat up on him again next year. Thank you. You know, but he was almost another victim of that, you know, getting cut by a team that he's been with this whole career. Um, so it, it happens. No, it happens. And it happens to guys that win uh, divisions. It happens to guys that win a lot of games that have a lot of records in the, in the, uh, in the passing record books. It happens to guys that win a lot of conference championships and to guys that win multiple Super Bowls. If you think Tom about Brady, it, this almost happened to all the up. it's almost happened to, to some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Almost but all listen, of them have gotten Joe touched. Montana and Tom Brady have both been traded and or not picked up as a free agent. Brett Favre, another one. I mean, come on, bro. Yep. Some of the best quarterback, uh, uh, Warren Moon, some of the best quarterbacks who've ever played the game have had to move on to other uh, other teams. Some of the best wide receivers, Jerry Rice, went to Oakland. These guys end up freaking, we just said it earlier in the show, Emmitt Smith went to Arizona. Eventually, the team just says, listen, man, uh, we don't believe there's nothing else you can do for us. And even if there is, we're not willing to pay you to do it for us. Right. <laughs> not, 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 exactly. at that, not, not at that, that number. number. You know what I mean? So it, it, it ends up happening. I think Peyton Manning. Started. We got about Peyton Manning. Peyton, yep. I left Peyton off that list. I don't know how I did, but Peyton, another all-time great who was, I think the first year he was in uh, Denver, he was Peyton Manning. Those last two years or so, I mean, that dude was just winging it. He was barely, I mean, it was he was back there on the hover round, just just like hoping, right. throwing right. ball and just hoping. You know what I mean? But uh, at the end of the day, he still got released or still got, you know, moved to, uh, the point where he had to look for another team. 
Who would ever thought a guy like Peyton Manning would have to go look for another team? Right. It's ridiculous. So <clears throat> the stuff happens and it's okay. Um, and, and that's where we are in, in the NFL again. Thank you, Pittsburgh, for working that out and bringing back Ben because you do need Ben Roethlisberger to finish third because uh, he ain't finishing higher than third in this division uh, coming up yeah. this year. Pittsburgh will be third or last. And that's, I mean, with everything being equal, I think with our, if we stay healthy and uh, the Ravens stay healthy, it'll be a two-man race uh, between us and and Baltimore. Am I getting ahead of myself? Maybe, but yeah. it's my hands. It's it's all, it's I think it's, it's okay for me to get ahead of myself. But, that, but again, that kind of shows you how loyal Pittsburgh is to their guys. Where there's like, you know what, we really don't want to, we're not that franchise. We'll try certain to figure guys, out something. Certain guys, not every one of them. Not everybody. Right. That's true. Because there's some guys that, uh, aside from the knuckleheads who kind of threw themselves out, there's some guys that they just, it's only been like a handful of guys they just stuck with. Hines, they just stuck with. Uh, uh, it's, the guys, it's the guys on defense they don't it's those, they it's those damn linebackers that they're just like eh, we'll find we got the one. best three years we got the best three years out of you you was ever gonna have peace out right you know and they did it to the best of the best they did it to greg lloyd they did it to to uh freaking uh james harrison. uh james harrison that damn crazy ass nutcase they've done it to every linebacker that they've ever had just about pretty much every linebacker they've ever had they just been like yeah yeah we reached our our, our uh, minimum with you uh right hardy you're out of here boom you're gone you're gone this guy's gone that guy hardy nickerson get out no you're no good no more not for us you can go somewhere else and do that but you can't do it here you know what somebody brought this up the other day i think it was uh i don't know if you're familiar with garrett bush um but oh, yeah. Yeah, he brought this up on his blog that the one thing the Browns haven't had are great linebackers. And the reason why I brought that up, because all the linebackers you're naming, it's like, my God, they've had linebacker after linebacker after linebacker after linebacker come through Pittsburgh. And since the Browns have not even I can't even just say since the Browns have been back, even going back no, period. in the 80s. Yeah, period. We've had okay, very, very good period. linebackers. The but best. we haven't had the the Hall of Fame type guys, the difference making. No. Type on a Now, people listen to this, that they'll bring up Clay Matthew. I'm talking about consistently. I'm not talking about one or two guys. I'm you, the guy who just named off in Pittsburgh, we just named off. Like six guys, and we can name off probably another 10, 15. Look, we named off six, we named off six guys from at least four different eras. <laughs> right. <laughs> they weren't even, <laughs> they weren't even all on the same squad. These this right. is like from different eras of them terrorizing us. So right. when you can when you can have a, a, a Kevin Green, you know. If you got a Kevin Green on your team, that's that's enough in in most cases. But then you mess around and have a Kevin Green and a Hardy Nickerson, 
Yeah. Greg That's Moore, why like, I used to play with Pittsburgh on Take More Bowl back in the day. I had yeah, four like, linebackers and Rod Woodson. Like run around and, and shut everything yeah, what back. the hell are you about to do defensively or offensively? What the hell are you about to do? Right. Nothing. You just look at look, you you in the <laughs> you in the damn huddle, like I mean, you in the damn uh behind the center, like looking around like it don't even matter. <laughs> it just don't matter. Whatever we run, it ain't gonna matter. I ain't gonna get this ball out of my hand quick enough. And if I do, you got this ball hawking uh cornerback over here. Like, you know, it was just bad. It was just bad. These guys always have those guys. And we're just talking about Pittsburgh because let's be truthful. The Ravens are very similar. They have some of the best linebackers, even though they go to other teams, like Paul Hoover, go to, go to our team and don't play don't the do exact nothing. same way or up to the right. same standard. But when he was in Baltimore, he was a monster. Where he was causing ruckus. I won't say he was a full-fledged monster, but he was causing ruckus, which is easy because you got uh, you know, you got uh Ray in the middle and you got freaking uh crazy ass uh over here on this side. It's ain't nobody checking me. Right. Ain't nobody checking me because everybody over there. So Paul Kruger has some really good years. That's what ends up happening. And all of those defenses, you get – the difference, though, is Pittsburgh had great linebackers all the way across. All those guys are really good. All of those guys are, like, borderline, if not total total Hall of Famers. And the Browns don't have any of that. I think they – I've always heard – and I remember uh, Chip Banks, but he, he, he was such a flash – because that was early in the Browns' success. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play that long. Um, you know, he, like I said, we had very, very good linebackers. You know, Mike Johnson had Hall of Fame type of right. potential as a young guy. He was a young guy when he passed away. So that was the one potential. Of course, we ended up with guys like uh, Pepper and, uh, and and Eddie Johnson, who were both right at the cusp potentially of Hall of Fame, but they weren't Hall of Famers. He, they weren't the monsters. And by the time yeah, we got- we didn't get Pepper Johnson. So I, I was just getting ready to say, by the time we yeah. got Pep, he had already won two Super Bowls and right. was on a, on a definite downside of his career. So, and he still played good for us now, but he didn't right. play Hall of Fame good for us, you know? Yeah, so, we, we just mean, didn't have that, that dude- we never Consistent. had we we've never had that. We had like Dwayne Rudd was like all right when he was here. DeFell Jackson was all right. Let's um, hey, let's not forget about Mike Junkin. Oh man, why you gotta bring him up? <laughs> that dumb. Uh, Mike Johnson was one of my favorite Browns back in the day, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I, love Mike. I think Mike Johnson was very underrated. Personally, I think he was very underrated. Mike was a Mike was a monster to me." Uh, him and him and Eddie, I, used to, I ain't care what nobody said. They was brothers. I used to just say that, you know, Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, they, they brothers, dog, or cousins or something. They fam. Right. But, uh, yeah, Mike was my guy. I loved Mike Johnson. But that's – but these guys didn't have to be the athletic, fast guys because the game was different back then. Now you have guys that can be, you know, that are lateral, uh, side to side like 
their shuttle speeds are stupid numbers. They can get to the quarterback. They can cover guys. You have a lot of these guys floating around. Right. And, and we never end up with those guys. Now, I keep hearing um, that analytics does not value linebackers. And I want to say this to you, Andrew Berry. Like, I don't know how true that is because I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm hip to that, you know, to that area of analytics. But, you know, Andrew Berry, like, we need speed at linebacker. Um, I heard the Browns are courting Levante David for what it's worth. I know you can't technically court anybody at this particular point in time. Right. But evidently, Andrew Berry listens to our show and he heard our plea. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I'm hearing or, Levante David. Or Levante David listens to our show and he touched in. He said, hey, man, I got I to gotta get in with these guys. Exactly. I got to get in with these guys. So, so I think when it comes to the Browns linebacker, I think it's two two decisions that the front office has to make. First decision is, do you think that Phillips, Taki Taki, and Mac Wilson are ready to make that next leap? Do you think they had the potential to do that? If the answer is yes, I said you checking it. You know, I kind of agree with you, but if they deem that based on their um, analysis, they blame if they if they say yes, then it's like okay. Maybe in the draft, you maybe try to pick up maybe a veteran linebacker or whatever for depth, and you kind of go from there. If the answer is no, which is I think what they're thinking is, okay, um, how many, like, what do you do? Are you going to address this in free agency or the draft? Or are you going to do both? Now, my preference is this. Um, I don't know who's in the draft, whoever's the top linebacker in the draft. Well, we drafted, what, in the 20s? Mm-hmm. Um, so we may not be able to get the top guys, but you target, you know, whoever's in that, you know, that's going to fall to that slot, right? Uh, whether it be a defensive end or a linebacker, either or. Um, finally, people are starting to bring up Von Miller. I've been saying Von Miller for a couple of weeks. Um, yes, he's coming off an injury, but look at his numbers prior to that. He's still been very, very productive. Um, and he's versatile. You know, he's the guy that you can either put on the line at times or you can have him stand up as a linebacker. You can move him around. Um, I think he would fit in well here. And then there's Levante David. I think if you I think you can get both of those guys. I, I don't think Von Miller may have to say that much money. I was just getting ready to say that. So I, I agree, I agree with you on that. I agree. So if you get both of those guys. And I'm not saying you cut Taki Taki and them. I think you still bring those guys back. They're young. Yeah. Now yeah. you've kind of now you got you know you is is your is your linebacking core perfect? No, but now it's a lot better, and you've got a veteran presence. Um, I think I think having if you have the opportunity to get a uh, a Levante David, and then you put that moves probably more than likely. It'll move Taki Taki to the uh, the the depth guy because um, yeah. I think they'll probably still play um, uh, 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 Mac at some point. I think Mac will still end up playing because I think honestly, athletically and what he actually brings to the to the field, you probably want him on the field. 
he needs to tackle better and all that kind of stuff. But having a Levante David, having Mac on the other side, the question is, who do you have in the middle? Right now, they say that the front office likes Jacob Phillips a lot. So oh, they, no. they, really, they, they really like, like that kid. He just can't. He hasn't been I, able to stay on the field. I, I like him too. Yeah, and that yeah, that that's an issue. Uh, you know, but Mac Wilson is the the guy that I saw as a rookie to the guy that I saw this year. I see improvement. Same thing I can say for Taki Taki. I, again, I'm with you. I don't think you're just saying that these guys are trash and you throw them out. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, do you turn the team over to these guys right now? No. I think having that veteran presence is another reason why I thought bringing in B.J. Goodson for another maybe two years or so. Uh, to yeah, and I haven't heard his name at all. But I, I but, but to be honest with you, because it's the, not free agency period, yeah, you really haven't heard a whole lot about anybody. Really, mm-hmm. you know, JJ Watt's been the main guy in the news. But um, like you say, that's because he was cut, so that gives a team the opportunity. Right. There's a lot of people that got cut, but again, these people that got cut, other teams have to figure out where those guys are going to fit. A guy like JJ Watt, man, we're going to push a motherfucker off this boat for him. That's the kind of cachet that he brings. I'm not saying that we should have done that, I'm not saying that at all. But when you have a big name like that, which is why everybody was pushing so hard, uh, fan-wise, pushing so hard to get this dude here or wanting him here, because in their mind, oh, we cr- he's going to have 101 sacks in the two years that he's here. It, so he'll have yeah, 200. Because he's the opposite, you know, Miles Garrett. Like, you can't double like, team. I was like, you, ain't really, you really ain't got double team J.J. Watt no more. Listen, <laughs> Which is why my own and my own process is if you go back, uh, guys, uh, and and listen to the show from a couple weeks ago, we talked about this specifically. To me, if you bring this guy in here, you got JJ Watt over here, you got Miles over here. Guess what? Go ahead and double team this guy, but you only got you got a fresh JJ Watt because he don't have to be down here for seventy five plays. I think I, my thought was you bring JJ Watt in and then you draft a young guy that can swap time with him. Right. I got you. you right. A tackling, a tackling uh, uh, edge guy. So who can stop the run and stuff like that. And you just bring in this kid or this dude rather to, you know, to jump up, bat down balls and to just put pressure on quarterbacks in those pressure type situations to me. And now you keeping this guy fresh. So now you've gone from 70 plays at 32 and really, like I said, about 36, 37 uh, with the with the injuries on his body. Now you go from 70 plays potentially to about 40 or 35, 35 to 40. Man, I feel like I ain't even played today. So right. when you do bring him in on third and 12, man, he's going to strike fear in cats. I don't know that he has that in Arizona. But maybe he wanted to play more. Maybe he ain't ready to to tuck it in and and play less plays and and be more efficient because of how he could play. I thought he could have been more efficient here. Uh, I'm not advocating or saying that the Browns dropped the ball in any way, shape, or form. But 
just just if I was his agent, I would have been pushing for him to go somewhere like here where he doesn't have to play so much and play so hard. But right. I got it you. Is what it, is. it is what it is. It, it you know. And also, I saw that uh, Reedy Williams, I guess, has been, I don't want to say activated like he's been on the injury list in the offseason, but evidently he's 100% healthy and ready to go. I personally don't have any faith in him at all right now. Um, like he's really going to have to prove it. I, I got don't that, want, I got that much faith in right. zero. I'm hearing, you know, people want to go out and trade for Marshawn Lattimore. I'm not a big fan of that either. Not trading for him right now. Not he didn't trade. have a great season last year. Um, I'm afraid for, but I I would like to see Marshawn here. That's yeah, we, we could have picked him up as a free agent. Yeah, but I don't want to give up assets for him right now. I think we can go get a guy in the draft or free agency right now to, to plug in that hole um, as far as the other corner. So, all right, man. So we'll we'll probably have plenty to talk about as far as the Browns are concerned once free agency really gets started in earnest. Um, and trust me, um, if the Browns do something stupid, um, we don't like. We will be here on here to talk about it and drag Andrew Barry through the mud. Hopefully, yes, we don't. Have to, you know, easily, we're trying to easily. stay positive. Easily, but for right now, everything is is good and 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 peaceful in uh, Cleveland Browns land. So we it won't. It's weird for us because normally it's chaos this time of year. Normally, nor, nor, normally it's chaos in Berea from. The time the season ends, that last game of the season, that is week 17, up until the draft, is chaos. We have no idea what's going on. All the stories come out about how dysfunctional the team was. And the coaches. At this point, they're they're still possibly looking for a coach. Uh, At this point, they're possibly still looking for a general manager. Right. This quarterback. Uh, you know, we got an owner who is, uh, you know, going through legal stuff. Like, it's always something coming into. And it's just eerily quiet. Like, listen to the radio, the talk shows. They have nothing to talk about. They, they're they spewing the exact same stuff. Like, I check in. I don't, I don't check in a lot. I, I'm not a big local sports talk guy anymore. But when I do check in just to see what you know, checking the pulse on things. I, they're not talking about anything. No, they're actually talking about the Cavs quite a bit, which yeah, kind of surprised me because normally, the, you know, when LeBron left, anytime LeBron is like the last, what, 15 years that he's not here, like the Cavs are really on the back. Page. Nobody nobody about the Cavs. Every time they, they kind of talked about the Cavs was when uh, Kyrie was here by himself. And then, you know, Kyrie won the All-Star MVP and the Rookie of the Year and all that stuff. So everybody was kind of high that year that we hired David Black. Everybody was kind of high. But it was also this little buzz that LeBron might be coming back. So that kind of – Right. I didn't say that. And then all of a sudden, he actually came his ass back. But uh, since we're talking Cavs, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit, homie. And – Let's talk Cavs. All right. So earlier this season, before the season started, should I say, I shouldn't say earlier this season, but before the season started, you and I kind of looked at the schedule and looked at the team and 
we kind of, you know, decided that whatever people had picked for this team, what they, where they picked us to finish, where they picked us to, to be at, we were like, ah, I don't think so. I think the initial uh, prognosticators gave us like 27 games, I think. Something, something like that. Yeah. Something along. It wasn't more than 28 games. So 27 games they gave us. And we both kind of, I won't say we scoffed at it. We just didn't agree. We thought, I think you said 34. So like five or something. I think, yeah, yeah, I think I said something like 33-ish, 34-ish as well. Just a game or so difference between what we thought. Um. As of yesterday, the Cavs are 14 and 22. You would say, most people would say that's off. It's not really, considering the-, the Considering how problems. raggedy that roster is right now. Uh, yeah, and yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's I was I was gonna try to explain it a little bit better, but that's probably <laughs> that's probably honestly that's probably the 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 right way to do it. Instead of trying right. to be so sure, uh, coded. Yeah, yeah. that that roster is raggedy, and one of the guys that we were depending on helping this roster not be so bad, actually two guys that we expected to help not have this roster be so bad, aren't on the floor. That being, one being uh, uh, Andre Drummond and the other being uh, Kevin Porter Jr. They're, they're not, Kevin Porter's not on the team anymore. And then uh, Andre has been asked not to play yeah, as yeah, it's typically. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Gings. We talked about that before, about how weird it is to have to sit a guy a whole month before the trading deadline, I, and people, when I listen to the to the to the, to the talking heads, nobody seems to seem like this is weird that we've asked them to sit for a whole month. Normally, you don't ask a guy to sit no, you a couple of days before the deal is about to go down. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I right. think, to me personally, I think this is more the the, the Cavs are doing what they did with J.R. Smith. Something happened in a locker room or behind the scenes where they weren't coming into some type of, of, of agreements, disagreement. And the Cavs just told him, look, we'll pay you to sit at home. And now, if we can trade you, we yeah. will. If we don't, you ain't got a free 28 million Merry Christmas and peace out when the season's over with. Now, here's a question. Uh, as you were talking, it kind of, entered my head. Tell me this. Do you think that the Cavs just rolled up on a veteran and say, yo, man, we don't want you to play no more, X, Y, Z, and he was just like, all right, cool? Or do you think that this was more of a mutual scenario? Like, maybe he was like, listen, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't doing nothing. I don't really want to be here. It yeah, it could be a mutual. It could be a mutual thing. But I and, think. And was, I, but I think. I think that there was still some type of misunderstanding somewhere. Um, because they were saying like there was stuff coming out that Bickerstaff had to keep getting on drumming about his his uh, hustle during the game. And I noticed a, a few times where Drummond was getting frustrated 
especially at the end of games where he will they will pull him off the court during crunch time or you know Colin wasn't feed you know it was all Colin down the stretch and they weren't using drumming I can I could tell his demeanor on his face is like man it's like I'm here you know I'm playing because under Drummond's credit you know he played pretty well except for the four or five boneheaded plays that he do during the game you know <laughs> the effort the effort was there you know what I'm saying? I didn't see him really dogging it, dogging it. I think somewhere there was a disconnect, and I think both parties came to an agreement. It's like, look, man, you just go ahead and and that's and chill. That's that's what I think. I mean, I I I, I can't totally disagree with there being some level of disruption or some level of of a, of a, of a you know disagreement, so to speak between how things actually are going on the court or on the sideline or whatever. Right. I, I think bigger staff is a, is a younger guy's coach. Not that Drummond is so old. I think Drummond's only like 27. Um, so it's not like he's like some old fogey type of guy, but he's more of a, Hey, I need you to play hard and I'm going to do this and you need to do this. Once, once you start making 30 million in the league, man, I'm, you need, and we're not winning the title. And we right. don't even really have a chance to win the title. It's a lot of guys in the league that's like, right. And, I'm already, and, I'm already, look, and, and a guy like Drummond is thinking, show, show me another dude in the league to get rebounds like I get. Like, he, right. even if he's not doing it all the time for us to him in here, he's like, man, it's, it's 31 other teams that want me, dog. Right. And, and one more point. And and so and so you're not throwing Andre under the bus saying, hey, we came to those other kind of hey, we came to a mutual agreement and you he's not gonna play. That doesn't really make the players sound that good. So so you basically the team kind of takes the hit and says, right. Hey, we're gonna sit him down and try to trade him. That therefore doesn't look bad. It doesn't look like he quit. It doesn't look like he quit. Right. right. Cause I think the Pistons are doing the same thing with uh Blake Griffin. Now, here's yeah, the weird thing. And those are the only two guys that are doing it. I don't hear any other team sitting one of their guys down for a I'll whole month. What, Blake Griffin probably needs that. As much as he's been injured, Blake Griffin, Griffin exactly. probably needs. Now, what happens? Because here's my thing. You sit this guy for a whole month. He's collecting dust, not playing. What if you don't trade him? <laughs> what if you don't trade him? Man, what? Then Nobody they probably go that scenario. Could have could They probably just gonna end up doing a, a buyout. A buyout, right? Because if somebody wanted Andre uh, Drummond and Blake Griffin by now, the, the, the trade would have been done. It don't take no month to figure. figure you what, know what I'm saying? Like, guess you know, what, like the trade, it, it, all the, the gonna get no sweeter in two weeks. But bro, all them cats, all 31 of those other teams know exactly what we know. Those dudes don't want to be where they are. The right. teams don't necessarily want them, and they're only stalling for pieces and parts. The only reason that they didn't move these guys, because I'm sure there's been offers on the table, the only reason they didn't move these guys is because uh, they weren't offered what the teams uh, themselves want, right? So as the Cavs, the Cavs are like, yo, we got, we got a 2020 guy. We're looking for, I don't know, a high, maybe you don't get a first round pick, but we're looking for a high second round 
or a player or a first round maybe in the draft after this one. They like shit. Why? When in about a week or two or two weeks or whatever after the All-Star and all that stuff, once the trade deadline go away, guess what? You just gonna you you're just gonna um sign a dude off and, and he's gonna be gone. You're gonna wave him. And I don't think anybody's clamoring for Andre, especially today's NBA. Uh, Nobody's really clamoring for the guy per se. Not per se. However, I'll tell you this. You, a dude that can average uh, 14 to 20 rebounds in any stretch is some level of an asset on some level. Uh, I agree 100%. You know, uh, you know, I, I I talk a lot of crap about uh, Tristan Thompson when he was here, but he did have stretches where he was killing the boards, so he was earning or at least allowing me to say, "Hey, listen, I talk a lot of junk for these two weeks. I can't say nothing. The dude is he's killing it." Andre Drummond, on the other hand, we ain't talking about just two weeks. We're talking about a guy who generally averages 14. Four, listen, who in the hell else averages 14 rebounds a game? All right, nobody. Not in today's NBA. Not so, in today's game. Not in today's so, game. Right. So, so I mean, so that's interesting how that's going to play out. Also, I'm not buying this Kevin Love injury either. And here's why I'm not <laughs> buying it. Because well, the, the times when Kevin Love does show up to the games, he running around, jumping on chairs. Darius Garland jumping on his back. I'm like, dude, if you were hurt, you're doing all this extracurricular activities and stuff like that. Like, man, Bro, the only reason I buy it is because this is typical Kevin Love. Kevin Love, especially, I, I, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase it. Because that'll, that'll sound wrong if people just hear me say that and don't say something behind it. Not typical Kevin Love. This is the newer after uh, post uh, Kyrie, post LeBron, Kevin Love. The I got $27 million coming and this team stinks. So, <laughs> right. I don't see any, any need. You know, last I heard, maybe potentially LeBron wanted me to come to LA. So, yeah, I'll run and jump on the chair, but I ain't trying to rebound. <laughs> I don't want to hit the nose or tear an ACL on the court. You know, I leave me on the side. So I don't. I've I've always said Kevin Love is way soft. You know, I've never been the dude who felt like getting Kevin Love was the the game changing move that got us to to the finals. I think we could have won the finals without Kevin Love the first year. Um. And Kevin never really was just that guy that we thought he was going to be. And some of that is because of how LeBron needed him to play. However, right. how, however, my thoughts about Kevin Love are, man, man. Yeah, I, I'm I, Look, I agree with you exactly what you're saying. Like, you don't talk about Tristan. The way, yeah, man, come on. The way you felt I'm about Tristan, I just need to get this dude the hell off my team. That's right. exactly how I feel about Kevin Love. I just need to get this dude the hell off my team. Right. I'm going to tell you somebody else who's disappeared all of a sudden, mm-hmm. conspicuously. It's Torian Prince. Where is he? 
Yeah, what's up with that? Ain't nobody said ain't nobody mentioned his name. What's up with I that? Know, I know he's on the injury on the injury report, but everybody's talking about Kevin Love coming back whenever or Larry Dance Jr. coming back song. Ain't nobody said nothing about Torian Prince. And Torian Prince was playing well. Now, is he another one that said send me out and, and, and trade well, somewhere? I tell you what, he might be an ass. He might think of you, hey, hey, you just said it. Uh, about 10 minutes ago. This roster is raggedy. So what assets, quote unquote, do we actually have? So he may have been some sweet spot in a trade, potentially. Because he's very, I mean, he surprised me a lot when he got here. But when we made that trade, I'm like, no, I knew he was like, all right, but he, you know, I was like, I like his game, man. I like, because he's somebody that I think that if yeah, the Cavs I like wanted that. to keep long term, I wouldn't I like mind that. And I think as a team that's trying to be youthful, or a team that just just is youthful, he's a positive uh, asset. He's a definite asset, and you got to try to keep him as long as you possibly can. I'd have to look at his uh, at the numbers to see where he is in his contract. But from what I understand, uh, him and Jared Allen are both. Uh, you know, we got those guys for a few years before they're up for contracts. So that's a plus. You just, right. you know, kind of, I won't say build a team around them, but you build the team with them in mind. Yeah, let me, let me look up this injury real quick and see what he, he just disappeared and I ain't heard nothing from this dude. Well, I heard, I heard some other stuff today uh, when it came to the Cavs. Uh, uh, I think they have, the Cavs have made it openly known that uh, Chetty, and hold on one second, it was somebody else. I think they said Chetty and Kevin Love are clearly guys that they're trying to move. Yeah, you know what? Chetty hasn't been playing a lot lately. Well, Chetty stinks. Actually, Chetty has. Few... <laughs> uh... <laughs> wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, rest of the NBA. Chetty is actually an awesome player, and he's a great locker room guy. You should <laughs> inquire of him. <laughs> you know, because because I was like, man, because. I start seeing Dean Wade getting all these minutes. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, where's Chetty at? <laughs> Dean Wade and Wendler and all in uh Dotson. What's his name? Uh, uh Dotson and Lamar, all these weird people, yeah. all these G League guys out here getting all this <laughs> block. And I'm like, I'm like, where, where is Chetty Osmond? You know, yeah, so Teddy. the Cavs are clearly, you know, and to be honest with you, for as much turmoil, I don't mean turmoil as far as discontent and malcontent but just the roster it's a different starting lineup like every night between injuries and all this stuff the fact that they're 14 and 22 to me says a lot and the fact that they play hard every night like the one in the philly and one philly, that's just philly being philly not taking the calf seriously they, they do that but but still philly um, is bipolar Philly is bipolar, and they thought that the medicine for that bipolar was Doc Rivers. 
he listen, he gonna have he's gonna have to get rid of some folks on that squad. Yeah, now what well, he does have MB playing hard every night. He does have MB. I give him that. But again, the same things are gonna happen because the 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 makeup of this team is what it is. Embiid is playing well, like well, way better than I thought he was gonna ever play. Uh and, and here's what I mean when I say that. Doesn't mean that I didn't think he was gonna ever play well. Once I saw him reach a certain spot, I was like, yeah, this dude ain't going to ever be better than that because he doesn't have the motor to do better or to try harder. He thinks he's made it already. Right. And he ain't won nothing. He ain't done nothing other than go to all-star games and stuff like that. Yeah, he can shoot three-pointers and, yeah, he can like a shot. And, yeah, he can dunk on you. And, yeah, he got – but how many how many times did that win you a, 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 a playoff series how many times have you been in the conference finals? How many times have you been in the actual finals? None and none and none. I'm not impressed by that. Show me something else. You know, whether you like or love LeBron, the dude is in the conference finals every year. He's in the finals damn near every year. And you know what I mean? Like, you can't argue with the finished product. Right. And if you want to be considered one of the best in the league, potentially, you have to start doing those things. And you're, Shaq says this all the time, this dude is probably the most dominant physically uh, uh, big man in the league right now, or he could be. But instead, he wants to stand out and shoot three-pointers. And I understand that's where the game is, but you could do both. If you actually worked at it, and it seems like that's what's happening, and Doc Rivers is probably a part of that. The problem is he has to get that same thought process, that hard work, and that consistency process through to the rest of them dum-dums over there. I don't know that Ben uh, Simmons is that guy. I think Ben Simmons is what he is. Yeah. I just don't know that he's the guy that's going to, you know, turn that corner or help them turn that corner. I think. Yeah, like so. When I, when I watched the Cavs play them, I was like, "Man, I was like, this is a matchup nightmare." I'm like, "Who's gonna guard yeah. the centers on the cat? Who's gonna guard and be?" And they figured, they figured out a way to win that game. And I was like, "Okay, that's right. just the Sixers not using." Although Embiid had a monster game, but when you have that much of a disadvantage, it, it shouldn't even be. It shouldn't be close. Mm-mm. It, that game should have never been that close um, because even uh, outside of Embiid, Ben Simmons is 6'7", 6'8". So our our guards are, are, are uh, not quite midgets, but just short of being a dwarf. That's a mismatch all day. You could just kill these guys inside if you wanted to. Just pound. I know the game is different, but sometimes you got to do what's necessary to win the game. You know what I mean? You got to do things right. to, to just win the game. I'm playing against a smaller guy. Guess what? I'm 6'8". I'm taking this dude in the low. Boom. Put him on my back. And I'm just going to quick spin and lay up. Because, again, like you said, if you leave me alone, I'm Ben Simmons. I'm going to pump this thing to uh, Embiid. And guess what? Y'all out the game. But that's not what we saw. 
And I think that that's, I think eventually there, I said the same thing about the uh, the Wizards some years ago and people laughed me out of the bar that I was in. I said, when are the Wizards going to break that team up? What? Break that team up? Y'all crazy? You crazy? Blah, blah, blah. Look, look at what's happening today. I said that four years ago. And I love John Wall. But I was like, one of them dudes got to go. It ain't working. I'm, you just going to keep trying to make this work? It's not working. Right. Same thing is happening in Philly. Got to make this thing, figure this thing out. But back to the Cavs. The Cavs had a spot where they lost, what, what was it, nine straight? Ten. Ten straight. These dudes lost ten straight, and everybody that I know said, oh, yeah, they're getting the first pick in the draft. And I just kept saying, I was like, I don't think so. I just don't – I didn't see it. I didn't feel that because I, I just felt like bigger staff ain't that kind of a coach. Right, and plus – the draft doesn't work like that no more. No, it doesn't. You don't. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like tanking, tanking doesn't. The tank really don't guarantee you nothing. That tank don't guarantee you anything anymore. So, no. I just was like, man, I, I don't, I don't see that being. That's not how how uh, Bickerstaff came into uh, the season. It didn't seem like that's that was his motivation, like to just be a, a coach that's like. All right, well, let's just wait till next year and see what happens. I feel like this dude's trying to make his imprint. I mean, and we saw that by them drafting Okor. Like we we didn't necessarily want this kid. We thought we should have went a little bit bigger, but they wanted this kid because of his athleticism and because of his defense, and that's just the type of coach that he is. So, all of a sudden, we go from losing. 10 straight and people talking a bunch of crap and people basically like, all right, that's it. It's over. And then these dudes just turn around and win five straight casually turn around and win five straight. Like, is it me or are these dudes like freaking Jekyll and Hyde? They are. But I said that, remember I, I said that uh, right before they went into February, I said this tank because remember after we had beat Brooklyn, Back to back, everybody was right. super high on the Cavs, and I said the Cavs right. aren't that good uh, when they're we when they're playing. Yeah, we both, yeah you're right. Yeah, I, said, well, I said when they're playing the elite teams, you're going to see them lose a lot of games, but then when they play teams more on their level, they can win a few. So I said you may see them lose eight, nine in a row, and they're going to come back and win four. I, I said that exact. I said that exact you, thing. Absolutely did. You did. I get that. That's just how they. How they are when they play teams on their level, they have a shot. When they play the elite teams, most likely they're not gonna um, play well. Now, here's the thing: the Cavs are pretty much got the hard part of this schedule over with now. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've played Brooklyn already, what, Twice. four times, three times. Three times. They're, they're, they're done with them. Um, who else? They've played. Uh, they played Boston twice. Yeah, we got one game with them. Yeah, so. We still have a lot. We got so now we got a bunch of games against probably like your Orlando's and um, those type teams that we yeah, can the Hawks, the Hawks uh, that we can we can compete with. I yeah. think we're done though. I think they didn't play the Hawks like three times already too. Have we? I believe so. Nonetheless, I think that you're 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 more well. You first of all, you've been more right than you were 
uh, incorrect when you made that assessment. The, uh, you know, the fact that they'll win, they'll go on a win streak, and then all of a sudden they'll they'll suck ass, and then they'll just go back on another win streak because it just depends. A lot of it just depends on where they are and what is happening for them. Yeah, I think the Cavs are going to make the playoffs, especially with this. They, are, they still, are, are, are they doing that dumb playing system again this year? Yeah, they're doing a plan. I, I actually like that. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh, so so you have to be, what, 10 to get into that or not? I think so. I think you got to be 10. But I, I, I'd have to look at it to make the actual quote. I, I know last year it was that way. Uh you were you're you're a nine and ten, and they, and they played in to get, I think the eighth to play against the eighth team, and then the eighth okay. whoever won that went in to to be the eighth team. So it was it was not, it was it was was it seven yeah. eight and nine or something like that. It was something like that, and whoever won ended up being the the eighth seed, which is how uh, I think that's how Portland got in, and then they ended up getting ran out by the Lakers. But that was because they were so damn tired uh, from from coming back to win games that they was down. <laughs> Every game, the dudes were down by 15, and they had to come back to win those games. So it's just, you know, it's a I, I, I still think it's a good look. Gives other guys the opportunity, other teams the opportunity to uh, potentially work their way into the playoffs. Right. However, the Cavs are right now at 14 and 22 people. So I'm, I'm getting ready to say this so that you guys understand. There's a reason that we do this show, not just because we want to be guys, uh, narcissistic guys on in front of, of, of a camera and a microphone and all that stuff. We said the Cavs had an opportunity to win. Now, while Sean probably was way more specific in terms of how the Cavs would play, I said the Cavs could, you know, be uh, 20 and and 35 and still only uh, be in the the eighth spot, but still only be two games out of sixth place. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So – the Cavs right now, as of today, of this moment, they're 13th in the East. But they're only three and a half out of eighth place. <laughs> <laughs> Just like no, really, if you if you want to be real about it, three and a half out of sixth place. That's and, and that's and listen, and that's yep, my point. Because six, that's seven, and eight are all their ties. Yep. Six, seven, eight yep. all got 17 wins. That's it. That's it. So again, we our, we don't just do it. And I just explained this to a, to a gentleman earlier when I was talking about the show uh, over the weekend. Uh, I said, when you have a show, you have to do more research. You have to look at things a little bit differently. You can't just like off the cuff emotionally say stuff. I said, now, nah, if you go back and look at our show, I've been very emotional in the show, but it was based in some level of research. Got to do some research. Got to kind of know what you're talking about. We didn't want to have a show. Sean too smart. Sean is too damn smart. Sean would not continue to show up on this show if all I was going to do is yell, scream, and come from uh, an emotional position. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Hell, if Sean was only going to do that shit, I wouldn't do it either. 
because you'd be ruining the, the authenticity of the show. Right. The show should be about some level of facts and some thought process going into to this thing. So that's why Sean knew. Sean said this before before they went on a nine-game losing streak. If they would lose eight to ten games in a row, and nobody should be that stunned by that. Because, uh, using his words, the roster is raggedy. <laughs> and then That's five or six straight. And guess what? They're only balancing themselves out. I think it does say a lot about the coaching staff, though, ultimately. Because you um, think about it, man, how are they winning any games at all? I don't disagree, bro. With that team. I don't I'm, like, I'm, I'm watching the other day. I'm like, they got Dean Wade out here with him. Matter of fact, he's starting. Um, and Wendler and this Larry, what's his name? Lamar Stewart, whatever his name is. Uh, Lamar Stevens. About. Yeah, Stevens. These guys running around here that I ain't never heard of. And, and Dotson. I never heard of Dotson. Who's this Dotson cat? What's his name? Damien? That, Damien? And every time he comes in, he gives them buckets, and then you don't see him again for like three or four games. You know? But, you know, it, it's, it's to me, it's, it's a very weird. It's just weird. And they're pulling a lot of it has to do with sex and pulling games out. Um, and Jared Allen. I'm just, you know, don't let me forget him, man. Jared Allen is ball. Jared Allen been balling. But he, 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 he's a lot more versatile than I thought he was because, and when he was in Brooklyn, all you, all you saw him do was rebound and block well, shots. Well, think about you this know. he was, he was very challenged when he first got to Brooklyn in terms of offense. Uh, he wasn't one of those kids that. He wasn't like an AD who came out of college being a 20-point, 20 25-point scoring guy. Right. He's always been a rebounding, block shot type of cat. The scoring you knew was there, but it was inconsistent when he was in college. Um, and then he got to, to the league, and I think the league might have been a little bit too fast. You know how that shit go. It was just a little bit too fast for him, I think. And being in Brooklyn, and it was crazy because this is before Kyrie and them were there, and this was before, uh, definitely before KD was playing. You basically just had this dude being like a, a mute center. Like, hey, man, all we need you to do is block shots and rebound. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. But he could apparently do way more than that. And right. I think he learned a lot by, by kind of just watching and and understanding the game, because I saw it last year in the playoffs uh, when Brooklyn was in the in the um, in the bubble. I was like, man, this kid can play. He's I don't know if it was mental, like in his mind, he was like, man, I think I can, but he wasn't quite sure of himself yet offensively. But I knew it was there, which is why I was high on that on that pick. If you, again, if you go back and pay attention to what we said. I was very high. I mean, you were too, but I was very high on this on this uh, trade, bringing in Jared Allen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good trade. That's a good trade. And we got Torian Prince. Oh yeah, that's a good trade. Like, and we and really didn't give up anything at all. So yeah, we um, So after this long ass All Star break, which is the longest All Star break I've ever seen in my life, like the Cavs don't play again until next Friday, which is but they only, ridiculous. You know why they did that because the Brown was mad. That's the only reason they did. Oh, that's, what they, that's what they okay. Because LeBron, okay. LeBron didn't want to play an all-star game at all. Right. And I he, heard him say and that. He, 
And he physically, verbally, openly went out and said that. So yeah. I think that was something to if, if, you, if you show up, yeah, like if you show up, we'll make sure you get, you know, a week or so just to 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 chill or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Because the NBA actually didn't make the second half schedule. It wasn't even they they just did it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like okay, so the whole full season they okay, they they're pretty much just doing stuff by ear. Okay. Yeah. Um because they weren't hundred percent sure. Uh, in terms of COVID, what was going to happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. All that stuff. But okay. you know, LeBron was pissed at the quick start of the season for his team, anyway. Right. You know, everybody didn't go deep into the playoffs, and every team, of course, didn't win the championship. His team did, but I felt, I felt what the Lakers and the Heat felt, which is, damn, we just got finished playing last week. The league still was like, no, nah, we're going to do it this way. But we won't have an all-star game. So that was the caveat with the uh with the with the union. And then you turn around to do a damn all-star game. I know that the union still had to sign off on that, but I, I still feel like that was some bullshit all at the same time. Right. So all okay, right, so that makes it. sense why the all-star break is so long. All right, so um that's why the Cavs come back and play. The Pelicans that's got a three game road trip coming back off the break, so they would like the Pelicans, Atlanta. Then that should be the last game with Atlanta, then I think the Spurs or something like that. So, and the Spurs are playing pretty good right now. Um, yeah, but they I've, I've heard that all of their veterans are this is the first time I've ever heard this before ever. So, it lets you know a lot about where the Spurs are in their uh in their organization. Uh, I heard that almost all of their veterans are available for trade. And that's. Well, that makes sense. DeMar, but really, you know, when have you ever heard that, though? When it came right. to. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Popovich's last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either, though. And then you just go and sell, because they're going to have to retool from scratch. Because the veterans that they have, those guys, they're not going to win anything, you know. Well, they got DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, where Rudy Gay is out there. Um, uh, you have uh, Deontay uh, Murray, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge still there? Yeah. So they got all of that, and they can't they can't do nothing? I mean, but you're talking about LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. isn't like the most uh, mobile. He wasn't that mobile when he got there. The only reason I thought that that would have been a monster of a move was because when he got there, Tim Duncan was still there, but then Tim Duncan retired. So he never That's actually true. played with Tim Duncan. Like that was all right. Yeah, they're they're sixth in the West. They're 18 and 13. And they probably uh-huh. shouldn't be though. Like to be honest, they probably shouldn't be. Right. And, and it's like they're behind. They missed some games, some games due to COVID. Yeah, everybody else got like 36, 37 games. They only yeah, got they, they missed. I think they missed almost a week of games. Right, and I wonder are they, are they talking about doing makeup games at all, or not? Not to my knowledge, not. but I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but we'll, okay. we'll figure it out. You know, Spurs, right. Spurs are my other team, so I always pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of the Cavs, you know, the Cavs. Cavs got a little bit of work to do, but I'm I'm cool with where the Cavs are. I think Sean is. Me too. Um, I think that's right where we're. It's here. 
and we'll see we'll see if, if, if uh, the rest of the team, if any trade or, or or buyouts happen, if the team can rally and get themselves into the playoffs. I mean, we're talking about four freaking games, and you could be hell. You almost <laughs> you only about six games out of have a home field advantage. <laughs> Have a whole court in the first round. <laughs> that's how bad the East is, man. The oh, East is you know, and that's what we and, and again, we basically said that. Sean and I said that before the season started, that the East isn't really that great. So outside of the obvious teams, the first, the top three teams are going to be the top three teams. That's just how basketball is. Man. So let's. Kind of get off the cast. I got one more thing to do before we get the hell off. And I thought this was hilarious when I was trying to figure out stuff to, to, to do the show on. This one fell on my lap. So last night, James Harden went back to Houston uh, for the first time since being traded. And for the first time in seven years, he's not a member of the Rockets, right? So on coming back, you know, there's always this thing of whoever comes back. There's always a question of will will the fans boo? Will the team accept them back? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's no really no fans in, in most of these buildings. Although Texas doesn't give a shit about anything, so it's probably packed in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So uh uh, one of the one of the interviews that they did with the owner of the Rockets, dude said, "Hey man, we love James, and James gave his heart and his soul and everything uh, to the Rockets, and we're going to not. We're thinking of it, not. It's a potential." This dude said, "Man, we gonna retire this dude's jersey. Period." I thought that was. I'm not going to give you where, where I was on this, but I want to ask Sean because I thought it was hilarious based on the, the guy that I've known for almost 40 years. I felt like he would have had something to say. I ain't going to say what, but I thought he had something to say. Sean, do you think that the Houston Rockets should, could, or even need to entertain retiring James Harden's jersey? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. It, that makes absolutely no sense. Everybody's too loosey-goosey with all this stuff. Want to retire everybody's number. Want to call everybody to go and all of this stuff. Man, it just pass around. It, they, people just doing too much. You know, like, hard <laughs> to play there seven years. And it's like, no. Especially the way that you left. You just pretty much just quit. I ain't playing here no more. And walked away like no, like and didn't come close to winning. It, like when they went to the Western Conference Finals one once. No, no, they came close once. Yeah, they won that. That yeah, they 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 blew it against um, Golden State okay. getting to the finals. Yeah, but no, but like how we were talking earlier though, I was like the NBA is a different animal. They let everybody in the Hall of Fame, um. And they don't have a problem, I guess, depending on what the player meant to the organization. Because look at the Cavs. The Cavs got a bunch of retired numbers up there. And none of them do deserve to have a number retired up there. <laughs> Not really, but because of what I guess they meant to the organization, 
at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like, so who was it? Like Price, Doherty, Nance. I, I um, think the, it's it's uh yeah Price, Doherty, Nance, Austin Carr, Austin. Now, there's like a couple of other ones uh, up there. And uh, what's my man name? Uh, what is his doggone name? I can't think of it. Nate Thurman, I think. Nate, Nate Thurman. Yep. Nate Thurman. Yep. So those are so, the, so I think like like so like in that for, from a cap standpoint, I think they look at what they meant to the team and to the city during a certain era. Yeah, I and agree. that's why they did it. Like Z got it. I mean, Z is the all-time leader in games played for the Cavaliers, or he was. I think LeBron may have passed him by now, um, but something like that. Okay, Z gave his heart and soul to the team. Yeah, I get that. I didn't have a but problem. Norma, I also was a part of that era. You know what I mean? So right. like 20 years from now, people are going to look at the Raptors and say, what'd that dude do? Yeah, because yeah, normally when you retire a number, because that person was an all-time, not just in general, uh, yeah. great with the team. He was the all-time yeah, great in, general, yeah. in the right. sport. Or they'll do it because of some other reason, like uh, maybe the guy was a sudden death. Right. Um, you know, some tragedy. It's got to be like that. But to me, it has to be something significant, though. So to me, to me, uh, Mark Price deserves his joint retired. Now, does he deserve his more retired than, say, Isaiah Thomas? I wouldn't say that. No. However, However, from the organizational standpoint, Mark Price was as important to the Cavs as Isaiah might have been to the Pistons. So I get it. Same thing with Brad Doherty. Though to me, those are the only two that are stone cold, 100%. They they got it right. And not and you know me, I was I'm not even no big ass Cavs fan of that era. I didn't like Brad Doherty at all. But when you go back and you look at his numbers, what he did in terms of the organization and what the that group, those two, that tandem did for the Cavs during that during that era. Yeah, hell yeah. Because right. what, what when was their most successful era? It was that. That right. was it. So right. I so and I think, like I said, I mean, the NBA is just a different animal when it comes to that. So I just went just randomly looked up the Memphis Grizzlies and they retired numbers. They retired Tony Allen. I'm like, now what in the world? Him and and uh, well, Zach Randolph's numbers are well, retired. Now, see, Z, first of all, I don't know that Zebo needs his, his jump retired because they ain't did nothing. I'm going to tell That's you what I'm saying. Like, in, in Tony Allen? But Tony Allen won Defensive Player of the Years while he was there. No, that ain't that ain't retired numbers. I, listen, retired I ain't worthy. But again, but again, we got to think within the spectrum of what I, what we just. I think that's where the NBA is. It's about organizational uh, right feelings. I'm gonna I'm, I'm pull up. I'm gonna do another random team. What's another? They would never have been, Listen, who the hell? When the hell? And how the hell with the Memphis Grizzlies? ever have anybody who was going to re get a jersey retired. They ain't been around long enough. That's what I'm saying. So they want to be a part of it. They want their team and their uh, arena to have some level of 
significance and a banner. And I think that was part of why we ended up doing Larry Nance too. I don't dislike that uh, Larry Nance at all, um, but I don't yeah. think Jersey should be hanging up in the rafters. I guess you know what now. Now, now that I, I'm looking at all of this, it's more teams that got retired jerseys than I thought. So it is an yeah. organizational thing. I'm looking at Sacramento got 11 retired jerseys. For I what? can't name. Look for what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't name 11 Sacramento Kings. Mitch let Richard, alone. That's it. Anybody that could be worthy. And, and, and Kenny Smith, that's it. <laughs> Billy Owens, that's it. Billy Owens, okay, so they're doing guys that just play a different man. Okay, Tiny Archibald. Yeah, they're stretching. Tiny Archibald, Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond's only there for a cup of coffee. Right. Um, but no, 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 he played 517 his games. I know he played that long. I think his first five years he was there. And then he went to uh, Golden State. As I thought he was Golden State first. As a part of Run TMC. Okay, I thought he was with Golden State first and then went no, to. No, no. He, was in, he was in Sacramento first, and he was killing cats. But you got to remember, that was during that era where we never saw the West Coast bad teams. We never right. saw the Nuggets play. Like, the only time we saw the Nuggets play was when they played the Cavs, and we had to stay up. It seemed like we had to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning to see the game. But – that was the only time you got to see Alex English and Fat Lever and those guys play. That was the only time when we were younger. That was the only time you got the chance to see those guys. You know, like when I tell people like Ricky Pierce and all of them, people will be like, man, who are you talking about? What, why are you talking about those dudes? I'm like, Dale Ellis was a great shooter. Who the hell is Dale Ellis? I'm like, man, you don't know nothing about their basketball. But that was a different, a completely and totally different era. But there's somewhere that Dale Ellis's jersey is hanging in somebody's arena. Somewhere. Alex English was a great scorer, but somebody would argue me down that he wasn't today. Right. But Alex English's numbers are hanging in the rafters of uh, whatever Denver's. And, and you know what? And then look at this. So evidently the NBA having a number retired isn't that big of a deal because no. – it could like Pedro Stojakovic, Vladi Divac, and Chris Webber. I'm like, so I guess to them, no, nah, I'm not kidding at all. I'm looking at this this list. Now Oscar Robinson makes sense. You know, that's the Cincinnati Royals. That's yeah. that same franchise and tiny Archibald. So really, in the NBA, it's more of a ceremonial thing. But like in football and baseball, to get well, your number retired, man, you got to be the 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 man. You got to be the guy. You got to be the guy. Cause look, man, look at look at the Browns. Like I, the Browns, for once, they you know, they have the history that they had. They don't have any retired numbers. Except I was for, ready to say, uh, they haven't retired Jim Brown's jersey. They just yes, they did. did they? Yeah, his number, his jersey is retired. That's the only one, though. I was about to say. Listen, I think him and uh, I want I want to say him and Otto Graham. I believe are the only oh, two. Look, the only reason back. I said that because on Madden, on Madden, they always get somebody thirty-two, and I'm like, how? I go in every time. I'm, I'm changing that, dog. You can't be I don't 30. Think Madden, I don't think Madden cares. It should. I don't, Madden, <laughs> I don't think Madden cares. But, you know, like Bernie's number wasn't retired. Uh, Ozzie Newsome. And that, that's good, Nobody. too. But guess, guess what? Hey, but I, I think the other difference is in football, you got 50-something people. Yeah, right. 
Right. So it's hard if you start just randomly, uh, you know, just, okay, yours is retired, yours is retired. What, what numbers you going to use? So I think that's part of that one. And, and basketball probably has the smallest roster, so it's easier to retire. Right, right. That makes so, all of sense. You know what I mean? It's just easier to retire those numbers, I think. That's my, my take on that. Not to, and, and again, not to say that the, the organizations don't have their own sentimental, you know, favorites, but I do well, I do agree with you that they go a little bit overboard in the NBA, even the consideration that somebody like Anderson Vergeau should get us potentially, we're having a discussion about retiring this dude's number. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding um, me? I'm tell you something, something else they go overboard with, too. One thing, two things that I'm sick of saying. One, I'm sick of saying in the NBA, every time a player leaves and comes back to that place, oh, the video tribute, the, the, the tribute videos. Yeah, they when they're doing tribute videos with dudes that have played there a year and a half and came listen, back. Listen, that's too much. I don't have a problem with them doing a video tribute to a guy like LeBron, to a guy like uh, Kyrie, to a guy like KD, and all that, but like. When the Ogowskis came back and they did a video tribute to him out at the game, I was like, for what? When did, when did the Ogowskis win the MVP or? Right. Listen, man, what, what did he do? Why are we watching this? Why are we having this right. moment? And, and the second thing that I'm sick of is the farewell letters everybody has to give when they leave and go someplace else. Well, they don't want to get, listen. We saw, we both were there. We saw the level of hatred and vitriol that was spewed upon LeBron James on his return to Cleveland. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that we're a different breed of fan, though. I mean, we're we are, we are, we are. I guess however, it depends on where you leave and you know where 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 you play it at. However, that changed the game. Like that changed the game too. The NBA and throughout how guys leave. When guys decide to leave, like Cleveland fans, I felt jilted on a bunch of levels with when LeBron left. And a lot of people think it's just because, oh, that meant y'all weren't gonna win them. No, 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 no. That wasn't the 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 highest point for me. Cause I was a Cavs fan. I'm at this point, I'm back home from the service, I'm in. I like the Cavs. I'm a season ticket holder. And I bought these tickets so that I get playoff tickets because that's the way you got your tickets. Excuse me, that's how you got your playoff tickets was you re-upped for the next season. That guaranteed your playoff tickets for that previous season. Right. That's how they pull you in. So you mean to tell me, you son of a bitch, that you leaving and I got to go watch Booby Gibson uh, <laughs> are you are you kidding me right now? Tomorrow, Samuels. Tomorrow, Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> Watch these guys play basketball. Mo Williams, Tomorrow, uh, Samuels, uh, Alonzo G. Like, yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because of this. I'm pissed off because I had to watch. 26 games straight of losing. Most of those games was at home. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I'm pissed off. And I feel like LeBron owes me $5,000. I only did this because I thought you was going to make it to the finals. And you didn't. Ain't your fault. I know because Mike Brown's a goddamn idiot. However, that's how I felt back then. So yeah, like that was because when he left, man, he literally stripped the whole franchance down. The only did you not have any players in the corner, they went to those, those dull, boring uniforms. They even stripped any pizzazz they had in the uniforms. <laughs> it's it like the whole franchise <laughs> went to a state of depression for about four or five years. And then, you know, so I was pissed. And I was out to me, rightfully so. So when this dude comes back, yeah, I'm booing him. I'm not booing him necessarily because I hate him. But then the dude left. I'm going to tell you when I really took it personal. I was already a little bit bitter. Took it personal when this dude wrote a letter in the Akron Beacon Journal to the oh, Akron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. man, you know what, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. I said, okay. You drew the line, not me. You drew right. the line, bro. <laughs> You you mean to tell me you think that those twenty two thousand people that show up every night is twenty two thousand people from Akron? That's what you think? Bet. Right. That's a bet. That's a bet. That's a bet. I can't wait to see this dude again. I'm gonna boo the hell out of you. That was LeBron being this petty and passive aggressive. Yeah, that was silly, man. And I remember that. When people when people try to say, "Oh man, y'all went too far." No, we didn't. You wasn't here. You outside. Oh, yeah, dude. We, we, we didn't go too far at all. They we didn't, didn't, they didn't understand the, the the psyche of our fan and the fact of how he did it. I think if LeBron yep. would have simply, if you just, you did, if you would have did it quietly and transitioned out, yeah. yes, it still, would have been, it still would have been some ritual when he came back. But it wouldn't but have it been like been, that. It wouldn't have been to the, to the level of it. Like, you man, know? you're going to do a whole hour-long TV show to tell somebody to, uh, 20 seconds worth of, of news. But the, the crazy part is, like, when I woke up that morning, like, I had, for some reason, I had ESPN was on. I had left my TV on. And then when I woke up probably about 6.37, the first thing I heard was uh, Stephen A. Smith saying something about Miami. And remember, nobody had heard about, you know, Miami. Yeah, it was on Chicago or New York. Yeah, so when I was like, "Oh damn!" So he going to uh, he going to Miami, and that's when I had texted my homeboy, one of my old college roommate down in Fort Lauderdale. And I said, "Yeah, y'all about to get LeBron." He was like, "Man, you don't know that." I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Stephen A. Smith coming out and putting that out there like that." I was like, "He's not great. putting that out there at that time in his career. He ain't doing that unless he had yeah. some solid information." Right. So, yeah, that was kind of a, a surreal time, and like I said, I was more mad at the way he did it. Yeah, necessarily, necessarily yeah. what he did, but how he did. Now Dan Gilbert went too far with all of that stuff too. But everybody was emotional because for one thing, yeah. like we had we had been in a in a sports drought for quite a while, Ever. And, Ever. and and LeBron <laughs> had brought us, even though we didn't win a championship, he brought excitement back to the city for for seven years. But put Cleveland on the map. Cleveland was like the place to be sports wise. Yeah. Um. And then you just have it ripped away, like, all of a sudden. Like, this is what people don't understand about us. Like, things happen to us that doesn't that don't happen to other places. Um, uh, 
you know, everybody was like, well, we didn't deserve to have a superstar. Even when he came back, we called him. It was like, we, for some reason, OKC, it's, it's cool if OKC can have Durant, but Cleveland can't have LeBron. Like, somehow we're just undeserving of, of good and, things. And then it was the fact that we, we cursed him uh, when he left. Like, we should have just bowed down and, 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 and accepted. Listen, this city behind me right here, we're one of the hardest. We're Midwest. So Detroit, Cleveland, St. Louis, we're Indianapolis. We're hardcore cities, dog. We don't, we're not nobody's secondary nothing. So when somebody disses us, we don't take it well. And I'm not mad at people for being upset. Now, I may be mad at how some people uh, voiced being upset like i ain't burning no hundred dollar jersey dog no <laughs> i'm not doing it i paid a hundred dollars for it i'm not burning it because now i'm just burning my money i'm right. not gonna do it. i may not wear it again but i'm not gonna burn it like that's silly uh i'm also not gonna make threats on this dude's whole family and yeah that's that's just silly all of that stuff is nonsensical and it's silly now Will I root for this guy? Nope. Will I uh, accept anything short of a genuine, what I think is a genuine apology or a genuine statement, whatever that might be, whatever the situation calls for? Not if I don't feel like it's genuine. I'm just not. And I never did. And LeBron never, you know, like gave a, uh, an excuse or an apology. He did try to clean it up a little bit later, but he never really like fully dug in and that's okay at the end of the day it's okay honestly because we all got over it and we're all years past it but at that time oh no i'm booing the hell out of you dog like i almost blew my eardrum it was so many people in there booing and me booing trying to boo louder than the other people around me <laughs> almost blew my eardrum out dog <laughs> it almost exploded my eardrum that's how frustrated i was uh, at that, like I've never felt that kind of energy in a place ever in my life. Oh, me either. Like it was, it was so surreal and so ridiculous at times. When you go back and look at it, I wouldn't change it. Just like the bottle gate, I wasn't there. But I was like, while I don't condone throwing, uh, what Chris Rock say, <laughs> I ain't saying he should have done it, but I understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> I totally understand. So. Uh, all of these, all of that to say, me and Sean always love to go off on tangents. All of that to say, James Harden could potentially get his number 13 put up in the rafters. And, and, now, and now that I went and looked through and looked at all the other ridiculous people that I had their numbers retired, why not? You know now what I'm saying? Because at least, <laughs> at least he is second all time on a rocket scoring list. You know what and I'm I, saying? I, so, I was going to say, like for me, I kind of saw how that could could be the case. Um, and, and I always say things like hanging a hanging a jersey, excuse me, it's it's way easier, especially basketball-wise. Hanging a jersey in the Raptors is way easier than saying this person deserves a statue. A statue is no. Does he deserve a statue outside of the Toyota Center? No. People are like, oh, uh, LeBron 
deserves a statue outside of the Cavs stadium for winning the championship. Okay. Well, then so does Kyrie. And I don't think Kyrie deserves one either. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, no. No. And no. You know, Shaq and Kobe relate to their years. Of course, Kobe did because he was a Laker his whole life. But Shaq refers to his years as a, as a Laker more than he refers to any other part of his career. So he, he feels like he's a Laker for life. Okay. That's fine. Michael Jordan. Yeah, he played for the Withers, but come on, dog. What the hell does Chicago have before that? So he deserves a, 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 a damn statue. Larry Bird should have a statue. These are the all-time, these are the goats of what they did in those positions. There's nobody who's played for the for the Cavs that should have a statue outside of the stadium yet. If LeBron would have stayed his whole career or if he would have stayed longer, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And and the way he left the first time. He didn't necessarily leave poorly the second time. Uh and I'm I'm happy for that. Because had he left poorly the second time, I wouldn't want nothing to do with his his ass at all. But right. he definitely deserves and, to get defense. He hasn't even taken any shots at Cleveland at all. Not even passed. No, 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 no. This time has been yeah, totally but... different than the first time. That's why I said he deserves truly, he deserves his. Is a, a retirement ceremony, a, a number retirement ceremony. Right. And you know, he, you know, LeBron, LeBron is such an egomaniac mm-hmm. that people keep saying that he's gonna try to come here for like one 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 last year. I keep hearing that too. I don't I don't what I, I don't did. believe he would come back the second second time. That, that's true. Me either. I didn't believe so, that. I keep, so, you know, I, I keep saying no and I'm like he ain't gonna do that again. But to him. Is still the closest thing he has to home, and he may do that. Like, like he may want his farewell tour. You know, to be, I, I can see him doing something like that. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, definitely. I, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't be against it. Only uh, the only thing and the only reason I was against him coming back the second time would be the same reason I'm against him coming back again. LeBron always comes with a with a with mess. Especially when he comes here, um, there's always some extra stuff with him. Right. Have so you noticed this year is probably the first year where he's not doing that stuff he normally. Does. I think he's at a point now where he's uh, he thinks that he hadn't reached the pinnacle. Now he's like, okay, I want a championship with three three different teams. Where he was the focal point. I don't know if anybody else can say that. I don't think I could be wrong. I don't. I have to do some research, but I don't think so either. Um, I don't think you know Kareem won with two. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody like else, Mike Bird. Everybody else was just with one squad. It, like they, well, one, maybe two. One probably. It's probably a, a, a few guys out there maybe done it with two teams. Maybe. I mean, but you have to be the maybe. Guy. You got to be the guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That as the guy, I'm trying to think. There's probably who, somebody else out there that we're missing. Who could have? I, I can't think of. I can't think of anybody short of LeBron that has done it with uh, more than two teams. And Shaq got the, it with two teams, but Shaq wasn't the guy. I mean, as the guy, but he wasn't the guy the second time for no. sure. Um, he did his he did his his part, but he wasn't the guy. Um, 
I can't think yeah, of anybody. I can't, I can't think of anybody. Yeah, so now, I'm saying, moment, I'd have to do the research, but in this moment, right. I can't think of, of anybody else. I mean, and that's an incredible thing. That's why I, I think he is, uh, LeBron is an all-time great. I still don't think he's the GOAT, but I do believe that he's uh, one of the greatest players that's ever played. He's one of the greatest players I've had the ability to watch. Yeah, that's not even up for debate at all. No, on a regular debate, but like for me to be able to sit in the same building with this dude and watch him all the time, yeah, I saw some stuff that frustrated me. But for the most part, I say 90, 85 to 90% of the time, I was like, did you even just see what this dude did? <laughs> you know, like to watch him all the time, it was crazy. It was crazy to see, especially right. for his face. So, you know, but uh, so yeah, I don't. I, I I said he probably should. Harden should probably have his joint retired because I don't know anything else happening in Houston uh, over the last seven years or anytime soon that'll be worth considering retiring. Who else are you gonna retire? Yeah, and, and they won't do it no time soon. I mean, it'll yeah, be. Yeah, they ain't talking about some, some, sometime down the line, but but uh, yeah. I think the dude is just showing some respect because now that might be the high end of respect for him. Whereas we, you know, people felt like Dan Gilbert was the, the low end of disrespect or the high end of disrespect rather. So when he was like, yo, you know, saying whatever that letter he wrote out about LeBron. So it could have went one way or the other way. This dude, the owner in Houston could have been disrespectful, but instead the dude chose to be more respectful and understand that, you know, the dude is an entity within himself. And he respected his decision, even though he came to camp looking like, uh, you know, the State Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this fool showed up at games with a snack pack from uh, from Kim's with sauce on everything. Right. <laughs> but, you know, he, he running fast breaks, Putin. No man, I can't. He's you know, still big as hell, but he's he's, he's still I, big. He ain't as big as he was when he was in no. he was in Houston. <laughs> I'll give him credit for this, and it's one thing I think we talked about. Like, who was gonna sacrifice their game to make that work? And it's been him. He's been out there running point forward, which, yeah. when you think about it, and the way his game is, the way he's ball dominant, that's his game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as he's willing to pass the rock. <clears throat> he's still in his and, window. And, 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 and you pointed out, he does still have a lot of, of assists for a guy that averages close to 30 points a game almost for his whole starting career. Right. Uh, he, he still – so it's not that he can't share the rock. Uh, the problem is when he's the primary guy, he just dribbles the crap out of the ball gets you deep into the clock, and now it's just an ISO one-on-one thing. I think you have to do something different when you got a KD on the floor. I think you have to do something different when you have a Kyrie on the floor, and you damn sure got to do something different when you have a KD and a Kyrie on the floor at the exact same time. You can't just, like, and I ain't saying that these guys are primed for for the title. I just think that they're starting to really generate offensively what they need. Defensively, they need some some help. 
right. they're gonna have to do something different defensively, but offensively, I, I you know, I, I, tip I think cap. they'll come off the east pretty easily now. For one thing, Boston is having issues. Um, I didn't realize they were having as many issues. I saw a story on them the other day where yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're not gelling well at all. Um, I don't know if that's so. So now, guess what? Guess who looks like the smartest dude in the room? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward Hayward looked like the smartest dude in the room. He's like, no, y'all go ahead and buy me out, dog. I'm good. Well, you must be out your mind, dog. You're going to turn down the potential to make $30 million? You must be out your damn mind. Yeah, I'm just going to opt out, man. I'm good. Right. And then he went down to Charlotte and (laughs) got $30 million. It must be something going on that, again, kind of like what we were saying about uh, DeAndre. I mean, not DeAndre. Why do I keep calling this dude DeAndre? Andre Drummond uh, and the Cavs, where there's something potentially going on in the background that we don't know and haven't heard about. I yeah, think well, that's the Boston, same thing. One thing, one thing with some of these young guys, we were like Jason Tatum, these guys, they barely 20 up and they're like 21, 22. Uh, and, I think Jason Tatum is 22, 23-ish. Yeah, and, and you have a lot of success early. Mm-hmm. So when you have that much success early, sometimes you feel that you've arrived. You don't have to listen to the coach anymore. And you kind of doing your own thing. Like, I'm that guy. Like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like, I'm that guy. And, and they are. You know, well, you are, but you still haven't won anything yet. Right. You're still, that part, you're, you're still learning. Like, you're you're 22 years old. Your game is not fully home yeah. yet. No, you you're right. you just freaky athletic. And I think that's what happens to a lot of these young guys that get success early. Not even success early, just guys that just have that much talent and then are that good and everybody's telling you how good you are. Because um, Brad Stevens didn't all of a sudden forget how to coach. Because a lot of people are blaming him. They're like, well, he lost control of the team, blah, 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 blah. Like, Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. Um, I mean, but, but is he? What was he want? No, but he's, 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 he's taking that young team quite far. Now, I'm not I'm, – I'm, it's part of me that's playing devil's advocate. It's part of me that is in the, in the uh, thought process that – we keep saying that this dude is, is is so great. Is he really that great? Now, I, 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 now I'm not disputing whether he can coach or not. Right. He can coach. Uh, and we've seen him be successful. But Gordon Hayward opted out. Kyrie didn't want to come back. It's something happening in that place that has these guys, like, not here. Because well, no, no they ain't exactly want Kyrie back though. Well, listen, listen, I ain't disputing that, but here's my thing: Kyrie could have stayed if he wanted to. He could have worked that out. Now, you know, we've talked about that on the show. I think Kyrie's style for what uh, the Celtics want to do is totally different. It's just different. It doesn't allow them all to match the right kind of way. Not that Kyrie is is not or could not be a guy that could do that. Just what Kyrie was, he's ball right. dominant, and he wants to, you know, when it gets to certain parts of the game, he wants to dance. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Kimball Walker is a good fit with them either. I think I think I, they need a, a, a old school 
point what, guard. Razor and Rondo, Jason Kidd, yeah. Rondo, a Rondo or Jason Kidd type guy, or I, even I, or even a Mike Conley, somebody like that. I felt like I felt like Kimba fit them better than Kyrie did. Well, they're both ball dominant. Like Kimba wants to score too, but Kimba is a guy that had to score, especially uh, you know uh, being in Charlotte, even to keep his team in the game. But I felt like going to um, to Boston, having guys that you could defer to, and and not just guys that you could defer to, really solid ball players to defer to, Jason Tatum and and uh, and and, and Jalen Brown, who can fill it up. These dudes will get you forty a night, both of them. Right. So I thought he plays more traditional point guard. He played kind of traditionally in college. He did fill it up, but he could play. He's a guy that could still make, he's a playmaker. Right. I think Kyrie ain't a playmaker, but he's just not one of those guys that's going out every night getting eight, nine assists a game. Right. Now I'm looking at his stats from this year. He's averaging 18 points and, and four and a half assists, which is not, that's not enough for your point guard. And that's not enough assists. No, that's not enough. Yeah, and, and, and he's shooting 38% from the floor. And that's atrocious. You cannot have your lead guard shooting unless you Jason Kidd and you dishing out 28 assists a night. But that's the only way that you can do that. So a you guy like Kimba, when I yeah, I agree. I agree. A guy like Kimba, if he's shooting 30 something percent, you know what that says to me? He's shooting too many jump shots. And I haven't watched a single Celtics right. game. Shooting too right. many jump shots, he needs to get to the basket, which creates for other people. You know what I mean? And right. while Kimba can knock shots down, I mean, this dude is, when he get hot, Kimba can be nasty. But you need to go to the basket more. But I don't know how, I don't know what his, because I haven't watched any games. I can't say that this is what's happening. Yeah, I have, like, yeah, not, not as the second half of the season coming up, I'll be paying more attention to the yeah, NBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, even Jason Tatum is shooting 43% from the floor. And they got to do better. And I think, again, they're, they're shooting too many jump shots, right. too many force shots. Nothing's coming easy, which when do things come a little bit easier? When you start to get to the basket a little bit. It's like football. When does the play action work better? When you can run the ball. So you gotta get right. you gotta get inside them in basketball. Once you start penetrating, that's when you have the ability to kick out because the defense right. collapses. You can kick out and now you get more open shots instead of that one-on-one stuff. And I think that's what's happening. I just think it's more one-on-one stuff that's happening. You see guys, you know, Jalen Brown wants to be the guy. Not that he can't, but I think he wants to be the guy. And I think Jason Tatum wants to be the guy. So now they're taking shots that they probably shouldn't take. I mean, but it's still early in the season. We only 35 games in the season. We're halfway through the season. They're 18, I think they're 18 and 17 or something like that. So you're, they still have an opportunity to turn this whole thing around on the back half. Yeah, they're still, I didn't say because the East is so bad. They're they're fourth in the East. Yeah, they Look, again, the Cavs are only, in, in terms of wins, we only four wins out of four places. I told y'all. Told y'all. So if the Cavs, 
host a playoff series, listen, that would be the you know what? I'm not even gonna go that far because that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but but that that would be nuts if they were on some type of run and that ended up happening. But look, part hey, well, so, we're about at that two hour mark. You know, yeah, so we right at it. We right at it. So let's go ahead. Let's uh, round this thing out. Uh, again, thanks, bro, for making some time. I'm glad that we were able to find the time and, and we were able to sit down and hash this thing out. Uh, again, this is two guys and a mic. Uh, we are still streaming on all of your audio platforms from Spotify uh, to, uh, shoot, I haven't done this in a while. I used to be at a rather Google podcast. Spotify. Anchor. There you go. There you go. Apple Google iTunes. Podcast. Apple Podcast. Um, uh, iTunes. Why do I want to say Twitch? It's not Twitch. It's uh, Anchor. Anchor. Sean just said it. Anchor Podcast. And we're also uh, doing a, a the YouTube page. Uh, you can find us at Two Guys and a Mic Two One Six on uh, YouTube.com. Come check us out on the videos. Um, we have a number of them up that you can still access and still uh, hit the subscribe button and still hit the play button and get our playlist. Uh, you know, on the high end. And yep. we also have our Facebook and our. Uh, Instagram pages, come check us out. We'll just uh, continue to put content on there. Uh, now that I've stumbled through that. And <laughs> <laughs> listen, people, I haven't done this in a while. It's been it's been a while. The last maybe two or three shows Sean has done. So here I am right. stumbling through it. Okay, it, it happens. Um, but uh, listen, bro, I love you, man. Be careful. All right, I love you too, bro. And right, uh, yeah. the rest of your week. you too, bro. See y'all later. Peace. Peace out. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us later on this week as our midweek podcast will be streaming. Until then, peace.